Well, today in this brief quarter hour, some thoughts about Jesus raising the widow's son at Nain from the dead. Well, it would only be natural that he would do this for the widow because he himself was and is the resurrection. After all, he also raised Jairus's daughter and Lazarus from the dead. And of course, he raised himself from the dead as well as all the people whose graves were opened on Good Friday. Jesus once said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You know what? That's a question that resounds down through the centuries of time until this very day. Is a dead body being raised from the dead really so difficult to believe? Martin Luther Having pondered the facts of Easter, once exclaimed, he said, one can never speak of Easter without rising to his feet. And the pulpit is never so cramped and crowded as it is on Easter day. Hearing his message and assurances is like Jacob hearing that Joseph was still alive. It's incredible. It appears too good to be true, but it is. And Jesus has risen from the dead. Sound too good to be true? But it is. And how about you this morning? Your dead body being raised from the dead? Sound too good to be true? But it is. Imagine your doorbell ringing today. So you go to the front door and you discover a whole entourage of individuals from Reader's Digest magazine. And, uh, well, the spokesperson for the group happily shouts out to you, you're the winner of the Reader's Digest sweepstakes. You will now receive $5,000 per week. Sound too good to be true? But it is. Jesus once said, because I live, you will live also. If the one is true, so also is the other true as well. Sound too good to be true? But it is. Well, it was soon after Jesus had healed the centurion's servant that he traveled to a town called Nain, a small village, uh, well, it was a small village about 20 miles southwest of the city of Capernaum. Now, the scripture states that there was a great crowd accompanying Jesus along with his disciples. So lots of witnesses were available to not only view this miracle for themselves, but, you know, to go out and tell others about it as well. The Bible says, as he drew near to the gate of the town, Behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A double depressing situation for her. She had lost her husband and now her son, perhaps even in a short time. On the positive side, she apparently had a lot of friends, as the text states that there was a considerable crowd along with her as well. So they were going along with her to pay respects and that was very nice of them to do that. And they were going to do that because of her dead son. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And the sense of the word compassion here means his gut was moved. He felt sorry for her from his very insides, from what is called his viscera. So while Jesus is certainly your savior and your Lord, he is also your brother. He had the same gut-level reaction that you and I do at a time like this. Jesus feels for you today. 
He knows what it's like to grieve and to have sorrow. He's already been through the very worst agony of all when he bore all your sins on Calvary's cross. And indeed, since he has already borne the very worst of all burdens, he can bear the lesser ones that you and I have from day to day as well. He once said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the book of Hebrews, it says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. I'll be back after these messages with more about the widow's son at name. A life moment for the third Sunday of Easter. Forgiveness, salvation, everlasting life. The promise is for you and your children, proclaims St. Peter in the second chapter of Acts. However these children come to exist, However long they are with us, however little, invisible, incapable, the Lord of life makes no distinction about durations or locations. He who calls you also calls all the children his own precious treasure from fertilization to forever. This has been a Life Moment. Visit lutheransforlife.org to learn more. listening to Moments of Assurance Weekend. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. It's a pleasure to be with you today talking about Jesus raising the widow's son at Nain. You know what he said? He said to him, young man, I say to you, arise. For you see, Jesus is the resurrection. When he talks, things happen. And someday he will call out your dead body from the grave and you will find yourself living forever and ever, all because Jesus is living. You live because he lives. Take Lazarus, for example. You'll remember Jesus, he called out to Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And of course he did. He had no choice. Jesus is the resurrection. So here's what happened. And the dead man sat up and began to speak just like that. Can you imagine the crowd's reaction to the widow's son at name just sitting up and starting to talk? More importantly, the mother's reaction. And Jesus gave him to his mother. What a wonderful moment that was. Can you even picture the joy that mother must have had to receive her son back alive again? And here's an interesting twist. The widow's son at Nain was raised, but he's going to die again. And then he'll be raised on the last day. But Jesus, the son of God, was raised not to die again. 
And through faith in him, you also will be raised not to die again. It's just that simple. It's just that glorious. So what was the reaction of the crowd to this miracle of Jesus? In verse 16 of Luke chapter 7, it says, fear seized them all. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us. Remember, there were two crowds. Both of them, understandably, were filled with fear, with an holy awe. This was as huge as it gets. News like this spread rapidly through the entire country of Judea. And that tells you that this event really did occur. Otherwise, there would be no news to spread quickly from place to place. This text about the widow's son at Nain is just yet another reassurance that Jesus Christ is who he says he was and is. The story is told about an Englishman by the name of Frank Morrison, who was a non-Christian and proud of it. And it seems that he went to Palestine with the aim of researching the resurrection account in order to disprove it. Then he figured the whole structure of Christianity would come toppling down. Well, he searched and he searched for that specific chunk of evidence that would disprove it all and refute it all. But the more he examined the evidence, the more interesting and impressive he discovered it to be, and the more tired he grew of his naturalistic explanations. Ultimately, he shed his agnosticism and became converted to Christianity, finding the resurrection account too difficult to disprove. Of course you can't disprove it. Jesus is the resurrection. You know him by faith. You have who he is and what he gives, namely being raised to a life with no period at the end of the sentence. Indeed, the resurrection of Jesus removes the period. Cicero, the noted Roman writer, assures you that there's nothing so well established as belief in the immortality of the soul. He finds that the Greeks, as well as the Romans, placed lighted candles in the tombs of their departed dead, and the Persians left their graves partly open. Really, even the most barbarous nations had customs that expressed or implied a hope of life after death. How much the more, then, can you not trust God himself in his holy word? Jesus once said, do you believe this? That's the critical question for you and me today. Do you believe that you're going to be raised from the dead as a free gift, not earned or deserved? St. Paul wrote, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not because of works. No one can boast about being raised from the dead. That's something only God can do. Indeed, Christ takes the boasting out of your life and directs the arrow of your life away from you and toward Christ. I pray you're living out your life in just that way toward Christ, toward what he has done and already accomplished for you. Consider this. Shortly after the terrible crash of Air Florida's Flight 90 in Washington, D.C., Time magazine printed an essay entitled, The Man in the Water. The unnamed man in the water was a survivor clinging to the tail section of the plane in the Potomac River. And every time the helicopter had rescued all of the others and finally came back to get him, well, it was too late. He had gone under the icy waters. He knew as he passed the lifeline, especially that last time, as the helicopter pulled that last passenger to safety, that he was giving up his last chance for life. He sacrificed his life to a cold death in the river so others could live. Jesus Christ sacrificed 
his life on the cross so you could live. And he rose again, assuring you that he is the resurrection. He once said, he who lives and believes in me will never die. Seem too good to be true? But it is. Thank you for joining me today for Moments of Assurance Weekend. You've been listening to Moments of Assurance, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Moments of Assurance on Worldwide KFUO.